We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Listening to Weird Distractions Podcast, a weekly podcast where I, your host Alex, rotate in discussing true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you, and more than likely, what your therapist would consider a weird distraction from everyday life. This week, we are talking true crime, but before we dive into the true crime case, I do have a little bit of housekeeping as well as, well, my need for a distraction. In terms of housekeeping, there is a new Weird Spam episode out now featuring fellow Cultivate Network family member and host of Is Spooky Tales, Christina. Subscribe to the $5 USD tier called the Here for the Weird tier in order to tune in. As well, I am prepping for an upcoming Listener Distractions episode to come out, but please keep your stories coming. The more stories I receive, the more I am able to actually continue the series. In terms of a distraction, my need for a distraction this week is people are just cranky all the time. And it's getting kind of annoying. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, there are days where I'm probably not the nicest human being on the earth, but I've just been dealing with a lot of really cranky people, Um, mostly at work, luckily, but it's just, it's, it weighs hard on you. So my need for distraction is cranky people. If you are one of those cranky people, please stop. 2022 is a mess. We're all feeling it. No need to be rude to anybody. Just, you know, don't. And if you are someone that is experiencing a lot of cranky people in your life, just know you're not alone and hopefully it will get better. Fingers and toes crossed. Now with that out of the way, I think it's time to dive into this week's true crime case. For this week's true crime episode, I decided to chat about a Swedish criminal because, I mean, I feel as though I haven't really done that on this feed as of yet. I know on Patreon I have, I think, once or twice now, so why not bring it to the main feed? And so this week I'm going to be discussing Hilda Nilsson, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, but Hilda Nilsson, a child murderer also known as the Angel Maker on Brooks Street. Which, by the way, for anyone wondering my opinion on giving murderers or serial killers like their own nicknames. I'm not really for it. I don't really, I mean, I get it, but I also am like, eh. I feel like when you start giving them nicknames, you're just encouraging them in some way, shape or form. I don't know. I don't know. Tell me what you think about it. I, you know, not really my cup of tea. But when it comes to Hilda, her case may make you question if you should trust people based on what you see on the outside, especially when it comes to getting care for your loved ones. Due to potential coarse language, discussions of homicide, and other adult themes, listener discretion is advised. Hilda was born a Gemini on May 24th, 1876 in Helsingborg, Sweden. According to the Mind Body Green website, Geminis are known to be chatty, well-spoken, and outgoing, which, given Hilda's crimes, being an outspoken talker makes me believe this kind of worked in her favor, but in the long scheme of things, maybe no one else's. Not much further is known about Hilda's upbringing, but at some point she's married to a man named Gustav. I think given the time frame of the case and the fact that it's from a different country, maybe that means for me as a, you know, 
true crime podcaster of sorts, finding a lot of information about who Hilda was and who Gustav was personally would be kind of a challenge. It was pretty hard to try and find any background information on either of them, but what we do know about the two and their relationship is at some point in the early 1900s, the two reportedly gained a large amount of financial debts. However, it's not clear how this happened. Maybe they liked to shop, maybe they bought outside of their means, or maybe inflation was screwing them in the way it screws most of us, especially in 2022, if you know what I mean. Needless to say, the two were struggling to pay bills and were kind of like a need of a way to climb out of their financial stressors. Hilda apparently took these matters in her own hands by taking care of infants from unmarried mothers. At this time, unwed mothers who had children were basically shunned from society, meaning if they required any kind of help, they were basically left on their own. Hilda's help would have been, presumably, a huge relief for these Swedish mothers, especially those who maybe didn't have any family members willing to help them due to potential shunning by association, or just in general, maybe they just didn't have any family or friends that were able to. Hilda wasn't the first to do this, as caring for the children of unwed mothers for a fee, also known as tragically, something called baby farming, was a common practice in this era. In a direct quote from the writings of Sarah Lee for BBC News, quote, Baby farming was a practice common in Victorian England, fueled by desperate single mothers whose perceived immortality meant that they were barred from the workhouse. Their options were limited, namely to prostitute oneself, starve, or instead quietly, quote, get rid of their baby. Baby farmers would offer to take the children off their hands and offer it an alternative future, albeit not necessarily a happy one, end quote. Baby farming may have presented with an ideal situation in mind, but oftentimes the children were mistreated or even died, either by underfeeding them, subjecting them to neglect and abuse, or denying them medical care when needed. When it came to Hilda, she reportedly put out a very trustworthy, neat front to mother who are out of options. Because of this, and because of her ability to talk to unwed mothers and convince them that her care was probably the best bet this child had, many felt that they could trust Hilda to take care of their wee ones. What the mothers didn't know was that Hilda was more invested in their money rather than their babies. Accounts claim that between 1915 and 1917, Hilda would murder the children she took care of shortly after their mothers left them in her care. Basically, she would get these children children from the mothers, and once the mothers had paid up and left, Hilda would then go on and murder these children. Because authorities were very rarely aware of the children even existing, Hilda was able to do this for quite some time without any speculation from the outside world. And sadly, a lot of mothers who paid Hilda to take care of their babies would usually not return, meaning that their children's deaths were kind of unaware to even them. It wasn't always the case that the mothers would leave and never come back, as I came across some records indicating that several of the mothers who left their children with Hilda also tried to make some kind of effort to keep in touch with them. Those that tried to keep an effort to, you know, get updates from Hilda regarding their child would often be told lies such as, oh, your child is doing fine, they're growing into, you know, a beautiful baby and all this other kind of bullshit to get these mothers off of Hilda's tail. And to be fair, these mothers probably felt as if their child was in the best care possible. I mean, Hilda, from what I gathered online, really seemed to be this, I don't know, person that you gravitated towards.
words when it came to needing help. You know, she was just there for people and she was willing to do what a lot of people probably weren't willing to do, which is take in someone else's child and raise it for them because they weren't able to. Now, you might be wondering, how did Hilda do the unspeakable? Before I explain this a bit further, I'm just going to give a quick trigger warning as I'm about to discuss some pretty heavy stuff, including murdering of minors, which, you know, isn't the easiest thing to hear, so feel free to skip ahead about two minutes if needed. One reported method that Hilda used for murdering the children was to put them in a wash tub and then place heavy objects on top of the child, such as a washboard or a coal scuttle on top of them, evidently drowning the helpless child. Supposedly, Hilda would then leave the room once this was done. Afterwards, Hilda would return to the room, take the child's body, and cremate the bodies in the laundry room's coal furnace. If there was a situation where she wasn't able to cremate the body, she would simply bury the bodies in unmarked graves. I'm not sure if these unmarked graves were on the property. There's a part of me that thinks potentially, but I... I can't really say. I couldn't really find that online. If you do come across a resource, though, that says whether or not they were, let me know. Hilda's tirade all came to an end, though, and her good person persona finally cracked in 1917. This took place when, supposedly, a woman named Blenda Henriksen wanted to contact a child that she had previously given to Hilda. When Hilda refused and could not produce any further evidence of the child, Blenda decided to write a letter to the Foster Children Board, which supposedly handed the case over to the police. Once police started looking into Hilda, they found the evidence that they needed in order to charge her of murdering eight children. However, some speculate that she may have been responsible for way more. Now, I can't speak to what kind of evidence police found at Hilda and Gustav's house, but to me, it had to have been something pretty substantial. Also, I never read anywhere that Gustav was charged with anything. Basically, once Hilda was charged and apprehended, just kind of seemed to really hyper-focus on her. But part of me wonders if he was involved or if he was aware, you'd think. But I feel like we're starting to slowly inch our way into speculation land, and that's not really necessary. And for those wondering, I was unable to find the names of any of the victims online, so unfortunately I can't share that tidbit of information, meaning our focus really today is on Hilda given all the information. But keep in mind that just because we are speaking of Hilda throughout most of the episode, if not the entire episode, that doesn't mean that we're not still holding some space to pay our respects to those unnamed victims and their families. In July of 1917, Hilda was found guilty of the murders of the children, and she was sentenced to death by guillotine. Before the sentence could be carried out, though, Hilda died by suicide within her cell on August 10th of the same year. In an eerie twist of fate, the story goes that the Swedish court had actually reportedly commuted her death sentence to life imprisonment. This was not known to Hilda prior to her death, which kind of makes me wonder, had she known about the pardon, would she still have lived? Nonetheless, Hilda's attempt to financially further herself and Gustav ended up costing her life and the lives of others. Once again, I can't speak to what happened to Gustav or any of Hilda's relatives, but I'm assuming that they probably kept a quiet life after Hilda was charged. Based on the resources I came across online, Hilda would be the last woman sentenced to death in Sweden. Which, for those wondering, Sweden actually abolished the death penalty in 1921. Now to summarize this week's true crime case. (laughs) 
When it comes to Hilda's case, I think it really demonstrates the unspeakable things that people will do to get out of financial ruin. Hilda took the innocent lives of children just to get her and Gustav out of debt, but in a twist, it ended up actually costing her her own life. Hilda was not the first criminal of her kind, nor was she the last, but potentially we'll be discussing more cases like this in the future. So I won't drop any names right now, but just keep in mind, unfortunately, Hilda's case is not the first of its kind. What are your thoughts on Hilda? Have you heard of this case before? Comment on this episode's social media posts, send me a DM or an email. As well, let me know if you want to hear more international cases. A lot of times I save these cases for the Patreon bonus episodes, given that they often can be shorter. As you can probably tell in this week's episode, it's definitely a shorty in comparison to other Weird Distractions episodes. But if this is something you want to hear more of on the main feed as well, let me know and I will do my best to cover more of them. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, please consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else who will listen about the show. You can tell them to find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, and many more. If you're streaming the show on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review. This helps the show out for free by letting others know that it's worth listening to. Another way to support the show for free and to never miss an update is to follow along on the show's various social media accounts. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is at WeirdDistractI1 and TikTok. If you want to financially support the show and get yourself a little something extra each month, why not join one of the two tiers over on Patreon? Each month you get exclusive content such as bonus episodes and series, the Weird Destinations travel posts, plus early access to the regular feed episodes. You can find out which tier is best suited for you by going to patreon.com slash Podcast. Shout out to my current patrons, aka my weird little family members, Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Sissy, Shadow, Courtney, and Cheryl. I love you all and appreciate your ongoing support of Weird Distractions. If you're unable to support the show on a monthly basis, but still want to support it maybe as a one-time donation, check out the show's merch over on Redbubble or sign up for a one-time donation over on Buy Me A Coffee. Lastly, I want to hear from you. As some longtime listeners may recall, Christy and I released two listener story-based episodes called Listener Distractions. I'd love to keep doing this series and hear all of your weird tales of ghostly encounters, unexplainable events, and too close to home true crime stories. You can email me your tales at weirddistractionspodcast@outlook.com. As well, send me feedback. If there are any corrections that need to be made after today's episode, let me know. And as always, if you need a distraction, I got you. Bye. I'm Edward October, and I'm here at the October Pod Ranch in the Great Smoky Mountains. Almost every night here, there's a ghost story party around the campfire. In my family, we believe that scary stories are best told around a roaring fire with a bottle of wine. That's why bold individualists everywhere choose October Pod for their retro horror thrills. Our stories are so good because they're told with such care, understated, moody, and above all, chilling. Why don't you join us? 
for retro horror of impeccable taste, choose Octoberpod. Find us on YouTube or at octoberpodvhs.com. Octoberpod, retro horror for bold individualists. <laughs>